This is Conversations on Public Health. Tuberculosis is a disease that infects millions of people worldwide, particularly in the developing world. The research of Sarah Fortune, the Melvin J. and Geraldine L. Glimsher Associate Professor of Immunology and Infectious Diseases at Harvard School of Public Health, focuses on genetic approaches to understanding the disease. Fortune was a co-author of a recent study that found that some strains of TB are especially capable of acquiring drug resistance, meaning that people infected with those strains are at high risk of failing therapy, regardless of whether they faithfully follow their drug regimen or not. Thanks for coming, Sarah. Let's start out with some of the basics. How is tuberculosis typically treated? So tuberculosis is easy to think of as a bacterial pneumonia. And many people have had bacterial pneumonias, and you take a week or two of antibiotics for bacterial pneumonias. Um, But tuberculosis is special because it requires extremely long courses of treatment with many antibiotics. So the standard treatment, if you have garden variety drug-susceptible TB, is you'll take four antibiotics for two months and two antibiotics for four more months. So six months of antibiotic therapy. And then if you have drug-resistant TB, that will stretch to years. So you'll have to take upwards of 18 months of antibiotic therapy, including uh, shots, every day. That sounds like a hard regimen to follow. So it's really hard. And this creates one of the um, cardinal features of TB treatment, which is called directly observed therapy. So the gold standard in the world for TB treatment is to have nurses or healthcare workers go out and watch people take their pills every day for six months or every day for a year and a half. And that necessitates this enormous infrastructure around the world, which makes TB treatment much more complicated than treatment of other infectious diseases. There are armies of people going out and watching people swallow their pills. So one of the big challenges that has cropped up over the years in treating TB is is drug resistance. When did that first start to become a problem, and how has it gotten to the point where now it seems like it's a pretty major global health threat? So the history of drug-resistant TB is really interesting. Streptomycin was the first antibiotic developed for TB in the 1950s, and even when that first group of patients was treated with streptomycin, some of them relapsed with drug-resistant TB. So as soon as there were antibiotics, there were drug-resistant organisms, but really the global health community didn't focus on drug-resistant TB until very recently. Even as early as the 1990s, there was a sense that drug resistance really wasn't going to be a problem because the drug-resistant bacteria were not going to be able to transmit from person to person and spread and cause more disease. So they were going to be essentially drug-resistant but crippled, and so we didn't have to worry about them. And the whole of the TB control effort was really around treating drug-susceptible TB, and the thought was, if you treat drug-susceptible TB, you will have solved the TB problem. Except, it has recently become clear, the logic is totally wrong. Drug-resistant bacteria are not crippled, and they are spreading kind of slowly but irrevocably and becoming more and more drug-resistant. And what that means is that in places like Africa and the former Soviet Union, in China, uh, in India, there are strains of TB that are not just resistant to a few antibiotics, but resistant to every antibiotic we have. So in certain geographic regions, highly drug-resistant TB is well-established. What about in other parts of the world? Is it spreading? Highly drug-resistant TB is both spreading, but more importantly, it is emerging over and over again. So it wasn't just one mistake that happened somewhere, South Africa. 
and this strain is kind of creeping around the world. It is happening over and over and over again. So if you go to the former Soviet Union now, um, there are places in the former Soviet Union where half the TB uh, cases are multidrug resistant, and half of those, again, are essentially resistant to most of the antibiotics that are available. Um, and that is not colonization by just one TB strain. That is a problem that has emerged many, many, many times over, and it's continuing to emerge many times over in South Africa, in India, in China. So you and some co-authors have a new study appearing in Nature Genetics that looked at some different strains of TB and how they acquired drug resistance. What did you find and why were the results surprising? So we were interested in whether there are some patients who walking in the door with TB are at very high risk of drug resistance and at higher risk than uh, the average TB patient. And we wondered whether or not some TB patients were infected with TB strains that were essentially like superbugs, uh, TB strains that were especially capable of acquiring drug resistance. And essentially that's what we found. We looked at a whole panel of TB strains from around the world and we found that there are some strains um, concentrated in some regions of the world actually uh, that are especially capable of acquiring drug resistance and the rates at which they acquire drug resistance are orders of magnitude higher than the rates that a TB strain in other parts of the world might acquire drug resistance. And the reason this is important is if you go back to what we were talking about a minute ago um, in terms of understanding how drug resistance is um, spreading around the world and why we see it cropping up over and over again, our study highlights that the fact that the emergence of highly drug resistant strains is not a rarity. It shouldn't be considered um, a mistake either on the part of the patient or on the part of the medical system, but it is a biologic fact. And in some patients, it's almost an inevitability unless the system really is aggressive about identifying those patients and treating them appropriately. So I understand that your results contradict the prevailing view in the field, which says that if health workers can do a better job of making patients take their drugs, that drug-resistant TB will diminish. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue in the field has been very much akin to something like what your mother might tell you about taking your antibiotics. If you don't take your full course of antibiotics, you're going to get sick again, and that bacterium is going to have drug, become drug-resistant. And much of TB treatment is predicated on the same logic. So we have these armies of people going out, making sure people swallow their pills, and part of the reason we do that is because we think if we watch somebody swallow their pills, they're not going to get drug-resistant TB. And the correlate of that is we think that if they do get drug-resistant TB, they are somehow at fault. They were not compliant. That is very common to blame the patient for getting drug-resistant TB. However, our study suggests that there are some people who are infected with bad strains of TB, and they are at very high risk of, of getting drug-resistant TB, even if they adhere perfectly to their uh, TB regimens. So what are the implications for TB treatment going forward? Our study suggests that we should be vigilant about identifying patients who are at risk of drug resistance, and there are two ways we could do this. One is to identify people who are infected with these bad-acting strains of TB, and the second is actually really simple. So people are at risk of developing TB if they have a bad-acting strain, but also if they have more bacteria in them. And the way we can ensure that people 
come to treatment with not a whole lot of bacteria in them is by actively diagnosing them earlier. And this is, you know, seems intuitively obvious if you thought about something like cancer, you've thought, I'd like to have my cancer diagnosed when it's very early stages as opposed to late stages. So in the world, TB diagnostics are really bad and we diagnose people with TB really late. And so we could do a much better job at limiting the risk of drug resistance if we were aggressive about employing sensitive diagnostics for TB and then thinking about how to identify people who are at high risk because of their the strains of TB with which they're infected. This has been a Harvard School of Public Health production. Please visit us on the web at www.hsph.harvard.edu.